0: Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. It is picked off
1: by the line. Darius Slay's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink
0: it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, now. Rolls to the right. Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there. Enzo. Caught. Touchdown the Go! Drink it in, drink it in.
1: Touchdown,
0: Detroit Bryant. Cornbread. Stafford! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in. Now. Detroit Kool Aid. What is going on, Detroit Kool Aid drinkers? We are back in the house right here on. The aptly named detroit kool-aid podcast i'm your host i'm your boy derek okry um we're gonna get to grifka here in a moment but man we are knee deep in free agency uh you know they ended up going on with free agency despite all the craziness that's going on in our world so it's given us some things to think about and just like it has in the past the nfl free agency does not wait around started on monday here we are recording on a, on a late tuesday night here and uh We got lots of signings, but we're going to focus on the Lions people they brought in and people that uh, have left the Lions and talk all about it. So we're going to do that with the one and only Grifka. Grifsky, what's going on, buddy?
1: Wait, wait. Oh, oh, dang it. I just lost out on a bid on eBay for a roll of toilet paper. Dang it, man. I knew my bid would get outbid. Oh, sorry, guys. I'm doing good. How are you guys doing?
0: I mean, you can go wait in line for you know, hours and hours with the apocalypse. But yeah, we're not going to get all into that, <laughs> Grifka. We got way too much to talk about. We're not even going to do some random news and notes. We're just going to get right into free agency. So, Grifka, I want to kind of go down the line. So the Lions signed Danny Amendola way back in the day. Sounds like centuries ago. But that was before it got going. And, you know, 4 or $5 million. you know, my case, I'm always a little hesitant when the guy's up there in the 34, you know, 35 years old, especially at the receiver position. You know, we talked about it a little bit, but now that you see how things went down, what, what are your thoughts on Danny for the one year, four to five million bucks? Uh, you, you happy with that?
1: Yeah, um, still like the like the uh, contract where it's at. One year, you're not sinking a whole lot into the guy. And once again, if the Lions look to maybe draft somebody and, you know, one of those late round guys, he could be a mentor to him. I don't think, you know, he would be so much of a mentor for one of the bigger guys. Like you mentioned, Travis Fulgham last uh, last week. Um, they're just two different positions. So, you know, that young slot guy, you know, maybe help him out, you know, learn the ropes, what to watch for in the pros. So, yeah, I really like that deal.
0: Yeah, I I guess I like it more because I see all the crazy numbers that are being thrown around. and It just seems like this guy's a vet. He seemed to like it here. He's got grit. He's kind of grimy. He gets it done. I'd like to see him find the end zone a little bit more. be a little bit more dynamic at times but I think you know that cost uh, even with an older player is definitely something we need he's a good locker room guy so I like that Grifka do you want to try to give Vitae's first name a try or no for the people of course (laughs)
1: <laughs> no i've been i've seen that name hundreds of different times and i think i pronounced it a hundred different ways
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man i think i'm a little gun shy too here on the podcast to give it a try but i saw jeff risden over at lion's wire he called him hal which i thought was awesome hal vitai uh, so we may have to go with that on the show just uh simplified it for us which i like um you know, I'm going to pitch this one to you. I mean, uh, they got rid of Rick, Rick Wagner. That was something I know you were a proponent of. You talked a lot about it. You know, I was the guy saying, like, yeah, he he's not that, uh, you know. Not that great. <laughs> <laughs> but I always kind of defended him because I was kind of like, you know, we don't have anything better. Or what are you going to get that's better? But sure enough, they went and cut him, uh, saved the uh, $6 million or so, I believe, in cap space. And uh, move forward. I had six to nine. You know, I saw some different numbers, but kind of took that money and they they spent it on Hal Vitae here, uh, guard slash right tackle for the Eagles. Also played some left. You know, had his moments when they went to the Super Bowl, but also has been a spot player. I, I'm very curious on your thoughts on this uh, f- five year deal, fifty million bucks. Griff, I'm gonna help you out. I know you you ace the wonderlick, but that's around ten million per. For Vitae, what do you think?
1: I, 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 you might as well get the belt because I don't know. I'm not for sure. He's got what, like four starts underneath him. And like you said, when they went to the Super Bowl, he filled in for Jason Peters and, and he did, you know, obviously well enough. You know, they went to Super Bowl, and won the Super Bowl with him. But, uh,
0: Grifka, um, is this where you repeat my whole take again?
1: No, because this <laughs> is something I was listening to the radio today and, um, this guy was talking about how he he runs like a business and like they have franchises of this business over in Philadelphia and he, and he brought up this guy's name and he says they were all, they all kind of chuckled, especially at the, what they, what they paid him. And they said, they, all the guys just pretty much said, well, yeah, he's okay. So I I guess, uh, I don't know if he's going to be better than Rick Wagner. I'm glad Rick Wagner went to the Packers so he can suck there. So um, I'm pretty happy with that. But, uh, I don't know about the contract. That just seems like an awful lot for a guy who's kind of unproven, but that's just me. I mean, you may feel different. I know I know how you feel about contracts sometimes, but me, I think they overpaid this guy. <laughs>
0: Sounds a lot of the similar points to what I said. But nonetheless, Grifka, uh, let's let's talk about your buddy for a second. So your buddy said he's okay. So in, in in the Detroit Kool-Aid cast world, I mean, I always say that if the guy's not a Hall of Famer, you hate him. Your buddy's saying that he's okay would mean that you probably think he's not. Uh... He ain't that great. <laughs> like, Grifka... like I
1: said, I've, I've watched very little limited film on this guy. <laughs>
0: <Like> zero, <laughs> Grifka, You didn't catch this guy in your lazy boy. Or you don't have extensive notes. I'm sure that surprises all the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. Griffka, let me, let me fill you in for a second, because unlike you at times, I do do a little bit of homework. So I knew this guy, you know, I, I knew the name. I'm always a big fan of kind of that Samoan offensive lineman or, or Polynesian, whatever you want to call it, where they just really seem to be tough guys. So I like that. I, I hate his name because like I say, we're we're never going to get that first one. Right. But I like his flex. I I went and I watched some of them. The the thing that I don't like is he does seem like a player. You, You know those tackles where they just get off kilter or they get beat with speed or they just don't look fluid, like moving, where, yeah, sometimes they bully you, but sometimes they just get, like, ran right past and you think they're in quicksand. Like... I I feel like when he gets on you and buries you in the run game, it looks great. And then there's times where speed rushers or even power guys get after him. And he's just, you know, as you would note, he's either on roller skates or he's just sort of like looks, you know, so out of place, like he can't bend or can't do anything. So, you know, I went, I looked at his PFF grades and to me, you know, Vitae was a guy that he had like a 72, I want to say, overall this past year. And people were were noting his run grade. I mean, his run grade was in the 60s, 70s, but his pass blocking was, you know, in the 50s. And you go look at his game by game, you're looking at scores of like 18, 20, 28, somewhere in that range. And then there's lots of games where he's like 60, 65-ish, you know, on average. So nothing that... That blows me away. And then what I also do, Grifka, unlike yourself, is I went on the old YouTube. And I was like, let me pull up a couple interviews. I want to hear this guy talk. I want to see if he loves football. I want to kind of get a feel for him. And so I watched like his Super Bowl interviews and a couple other things. And I don't know. To me, I, I didn't see the fire. I didn't see the grid. I didn't see anything that made me feel like this guy just eats, sleeps, and breathes football. He seemed like kind of that big wimp you know a guy that i i wouldn't say that to his face of course but he's like <laughs> six six, three twenty. 320 but when he talks you're just kind of like man this guy's no bulldozer this guy ain't gonna like get after me you know if, if i uh say something wrong to him so i i didn't love his mentality the the, the positives that i want to give the kool-aid drinkers is i think the lions are betting on that a couple things one that this guy is on the cusp of kind of He hasn't got a ton of playing time, but he's ready. So they think they're getting him kind of on that low end. You always want to buy low, you know, sell high type of thing. So I think – They didn't necessarily buy low, but I think they're trying to get a tackle that's not only better than Rick Wagner, more powerful, better in the run game, but a guy that's maybe on the cusp of being something or or being a good player. When you look at the five years 50, I mean, I I don't know all the details on it. I'm going to see here online if they actually have the details. But, you know, Bob Quinn's been known to backload things. Uh, It's it's not a light number, but when you're talking about tackles, I mean – you're not getting tackles for five, six million bucks. So when you get up to 10, it's sort of like, yeah, he's got to be above average to justify the amount, but you know, everybody that's better is getting quite a bit more or is you know, more on average, you know, elite guys are what 17, you know, 18 ish, somewhere in that range. So quite a bit more. So with all that being said, Grifka, you're going to love this because this is what you do on the show. I put out on Twitter after I did some homework and, and again, first blush, I hope I'm wrong, but I was not a huge fan of this signing. I felt like overall, he didn't give me a ton of confidence, excuse me, that he's going to come in and be some rock over there or a bulldozer. Like I'd like one or the other or both preferably. I feel like he'll come in, he'll have his moments. He'll also get our quarterback killed a few times. He'll seem overpaid. I could see him being here two to three years of that deal and then being gone. But my optimistic um, thought, which uh, again, you know how the show goes, Drink it in <laughs> is that Vitae comes in and he's better than Rick Wagner from the jump. He gives us a little more punch in the run game. He's able to get some of this uh, inconsistencies, as I called it online, figured out and be a good football player for this team. I, you know, they, they're going to play him at right tackle or they might even slide him inside depending on what else they do. But that's my long winded answer on uh, how Vitae and to me, I really hope it works out, but it was one of those where looking at the big scope, even though I saw some people real positive and this, that, and the other. For me, when I looked at everything, it, he didn't check enough boxes for me to be real fired up about it. I
1: have a quick, I have a quick follow up for you on that. No, you said, like you mentioned, he's kind of like one of those flex guys to play, you know, maybe guard if needed. He seems more suited for the right tackle position, even though when he filled him for Jason Peters, he played decent, but you know. Like you said, sometimes you, can have, you know, be on skates, get bulldozed a lot. Why? Why do you think you know Bob Quinn? You know, everybody's like, why don't they just play Crosby out there? Because Crosby seems to be kind of like the same thing. Is you know, is that just something where maybe this is, I don't know, maybe they can you know use him either at guard, by tie either at guard or tackle. Or maybe Crosby's going to be the guard, and you know, I don't know. I, I just what what don't they seem kind of like the same thing?
0: Yeah, I think it's a good question. I mean, I think that it's hard to figure out Bob Quinn because I feel like he's always looking for not only for depth, but you always hear that you're trying to set yourself up for the draft where you can just kind of go in loosey-goosey and kind of take best available. You never know how things are going to fall. So I feel like if you're just just ignoring the position and assuming Crosby, then you don't have your swing tackle. If you bring in a guy like this, then between him and Crosby, one of those guys can be the swing tackle or the move guy. You also may bypass guard completely if it never matches up, and maybe then it's between you know Benchwal, uh, Crosby, and Hal Vitae. So, I mean, I think it gives you a lot of options, and I just think Bob Quinn likes to sort of give himself options. The bad part is a lot of his options because he hasn't went for the slam dunk like people were saying. Why why don't you just pay four five million dollars more? two, three years less and and go get Conklin or go get somebody that's a little more established. And I just think he's always sort of on the cusp looking for that next guy, looking for the guy that's a little under the radar that you can bring to Detroit. And, you know, maybe that won't ask questions, won't, you know, bunk the system and that will just go out and play football. I think Vita is just going to be happy to get what he got and be a, a player. And hopefully he can just perform on the field. And unfortunately, Bob Quinn, all the resources put in have not done that you know, from the offensive line on a consistent level. So that's, that's kind of my thoughts on it.
1: It's a good point right there. I, I like that to just, you know, like you said, he can kind of be the guard tackle and maybe, you know, it's like kind of one of those things where I know in the sport, we shall not speak of where they like to have those guys that can play multiple positions, you know, and that's what he's looking for with the, you know, his offensive linemen. If there's injuries, they can just kind of I want to say plug and play, but, you know, it's a lot easier to move those type of guys around as opposed to like somebody, well, you know, you're just right tackle, but we have to bump you over to left tackle where everybody knows the footwork, the angles, everything's different. So
0: Right. And yeah, that's what I think I've learned point. the most from is that you that is super valuable. But the other part of it is you really do need guys that can play. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're super versatile, like you're Jack of all trades, master of none, but you're like literally a master of none. Like I need you to be good. So like, I I feel like that's what we're, we're still trying to find. And like, you hear me back up Taylor Decker on this, but I'm not calling him a pro bowler hall of famer. I'm just saying, you know, he's average above average. and, And now we have to pay him like he's elite. We, we might have issues there and we've got some other issues on the offensive line so i i don't think he's done by any means i i could definitely see putting a high draft asset as well but You know, Vitae was a big signing. Grifco, let's keep this moving. we got to talk about a few more before I take our break. And then I also want to run some names by you of guys that are still – I made kind of a simple board this year. I just picked, you know, 20, 30 names out of the millions of free agents of, you know, big-name guys that we watch for, guys that interest me to some degree. And I've kind of been pulling them off. So I've got a few of those left that I kind of want to run by you. But let's keep working our way down through. So the next big signing that seemed to come through was – to me, this is a very intriguing signing – Uh, Jamie Collins. Like, everybody knows the name. I know probably three, four years ago, I was trying to get this guy in those IDP fantasy leagues because he was just an absolute monster of a guy. He could play, fly over the football field. He could turn it over. He could rush the passer. He could dropping coverage like he just seemed like a huge uh you know kind of a big defensive end that could be all over the football field but he's going to be 30 31 years old he only made a couple million last year going back to the patriots had some big games with them and uh you know assuming that he's going to be able to fit in this system but again i I don't want to tip my hand but i'm a little disappointed because i I was telling Logan Lamarandier, we already got guys that are two fifty and, and and whatnot like maybe they're not the greatest in coverage. maybe Jamie Collins is a better guy in coverage, but I was really looking for that different type of linebacker that we don't have rather than adding another guy that's big bulky, even though this guy's more of an athlete than to buy or um you know uh um, gosh what's the uh, what's the guy you always make fun of uh, it's sure Damon oh well, yeah him too christian jones? christian jones yeah so i i feel like he fits that but i don't know then the more you think about it and you go watch jamie collins and he's probably more what patricia and quinn have wanted for a while he's still you know probably more athletic than most of our guys you know the scheme tough guy i mean i've heard some interviews with him now he's a he's a ball player he's a nasty football player griffka i don't know yet but i'm nearly already deeming him a dog griffka i think he's got dog dog tendencies in him uh what do you think about jamie collins coming here at 30 years old but on a big deal three years 30 million bucks um and they also well go ahead and answer that and then we'll get to the second half of it
1: um like you said i think i would have liked this this signing about four years ago right you know uh it's it's you know he went to Cleveland you know from the Patriots he was you know doing well there he went through, they traded him to Cleveland he had a good year in Cleveland the next year he got injured um and uh, was it to, and he went back to New England you know like you said he did one of those contracts where he Grifka you know was a bet on himself
0: you, you know what you got when they trade you to Cleveland
1: what's that no chance so that's
0: what <laughs> you got. just ask. Oh, Dell Beckham, who's going to blow up yeah. in 2020, by the way. But, yeah, they they exiled him to Cleveland. And that's like you said, that was the cutoff. He was, like, really good. And then they dumped him to Cleveland. And was like, what? Jamie Collins is a beast. And I wrote some friends, and I was like, wasn't that four years ago? Because, like, he was wholly off the radar. And then he came back and sort of blew up. And I had to look at his age. I'm like, eh, 30 really is is on the backside. It's not, it's not like he's 32, 33, but it's – I don't know. I mean, if you get a couple of years out of him, though, like I, I've seen a lot of positive feedback sort of on him from some different experts as well as Twitter. Like I think this one could surprise us where he could come in here, be a leader at that linebacker position, move him all around, get the coverage that you are always complaining about on the show. Um, I'm, I'm hot and cold on this of like not loving it, but the more I read it's kind of like, it could work out.
1: Yeah. If he can cover tight ends, I, I I'll be all for it. But, and like it's it's odd how you mentioned like his contract. I mean, thirty years. I think I saw somewhere like eighteen of that was guaranteed. So uh All right, you know, that, that's that's a hefty chunk and you know, like you said he knows the system, Matt Patricia knows him, knows what he can do, but gosh, it's like I, I don't I don't think he I don't know, I think he got a little dinged up last year but didn't miss a whole lot of playing time. He still had, you know, good numbers last year for New England. And just, you know, age and contract and three years. Once again, we can do dollars and cents later that, uh, if it's backloaded. It might be one of those, uh, cap casualties come <laughs> for a certain year.
0: Yeah, I think so. <laughs> just but throw that out there, Griff could just, to just to educate you again. I know I do that sometimes on the show. Like most NFL contracts are half guaranteed. So if a guy gets 30, yeah, 15, 18 billion is going to be guaranteed, the rest unguaranteed. It's about how you stack it. So, I you know I forget what it was he's making like four million in the first year then it jumps up to like eight or ten twelve somewhere in that range you know kind of ex, expedites as you go but I, I again to educate you on Jamie Collins too like Grifka this is a guy he's like six three two hundred and fifty some pounds he he's always been a beast in coverage for his size I mean he's pretty ridiculous in that area he's he plays that big linebacker rush end role so he can come off the edge and. You know they can also put him in the middle. Like that's why this guy's so crazy and why he was so crazy at 26, 25 years old is because who who can you put at middle linebacker, then move him out and rush the quarterback, and then oh by the way go guard this tight end real quick. Um, This guy can do all those things. It just depends: is he going to fall off, or does he have a couple really good years left? And will Patricia and Quinn be saying, "Man, this is the guy we've been waiting on" because? Un, kind of unfortunately with this move we got to talk about um after they sign him kind of that next day or halfway through the next day devon Kennard cut i mean this was a guy i've been on the show kind of supporting saying man this guy's a leader he's really solid he seems to get after the quarterback seven sacks the past couple of years um from a guy we had no idea who he was basically coming from the new york giants and he was on really nobody's radar um to let him go saved a big chunk of change and i think that's just a sign that this regime thinks Jamie Collins still has more juice than Kennard does and and just is going to be a better nasty dog leader, whatever you want to call it. Um, And and they just moved on in that direction. What'd you think of that counter move as well?
1: Yeah. Was it Kennard? I believe is what a couple years younger than him, but I believe Jamie Collins is faster. So I will take the speed aspect of that. As long as, you know, like we always talk about, there's a point where in a football player where they seem to get older, quicker, so as long as, you know, Collins are like none of those nagging injuries, you know, that he had the last couple of years pop up, you know, I, I will take his speed. Definitely. I, I know he's faster than Kennard did. Like you said, I mean, I, we liked what Kennard did. He really produced for the team. I, I believe he was the most productive linebacker for the team last year. And, um, and it was one of those guys that we were kind of, when we had talked earlier shows that we were kind of like, you know, okay, we really like him, but we don't think, you know, the Lions really need to look at that. But like me and you always talk, you know, and, and I know we say if you're always looking to get better and if you believe, you know, Matt, Matt, Matt Pat and Bobby Quinn feel he's a better upgrade than uh, Kennard. I mean, I would have to lean towards that, even though Kennard's a couple years younger. I um, I like that. I like Collins a little better simply as
0: athleticism. Yeah, r- real quick. I know we got to keep this moving, but I'm just looking at his numbers, uh, you know, cap hit of six million the first year, then it jumps up to 11 and then 12 base salary four eight and then up to nearly 10 so that's kind of how bob quinn structures it so those last year or so yeah he can move on and not really there's also potential out in 2022 so two years 20 is kind of what it works out to be with a little bit of dead cap so to, to me not a, not a horrible contract I, i'm just really curious to see how it plays and to your point i think you make again griff i'm just giving you total dap on this show another great point like the thing I've always been arguing for is that people just hating on Bob Quinn for these misses and these things he hasn't done. I think it's somewhat positive that he's at least willing to not only admit it, but he's pretty fearless with just moving on. So if he thinks Jamie Collins is better than Kennard, he made that move. If he thinks Vitai is better than Rick Wagner, he made that move, and... That's what they've got to do, man. When, when you win three football games, injuries or not, you've got to try to get better at each spot and and just be, uh, who's the better player? And, and that's, the, that's the person we want. Now is, you know, Jamie Collins, the greatest, you know, outside backer we could got? I don't think so, but I, I do think they think, and I probably think too, that, yeah, he's, he's, he's more speed. He's got more juice. He's got more nasty to him probably than Devon Kennard and just kind of that time that they felt was a better move. Grifka, let's. Let's keep it moving two more before we take a quick break here. Um, Nick Williams, this was a guy that I caught on to last year, actually one of my real deep 32 team fantasy leagues where we have defensive players. I found this guy kind of mid late the year. I was like, man, look at this Nick Williams from, from the Chicago bears. And I, I looked at him. He's this beast. He reminded me of Nathan Shepard. who's a guy that, with the jets that came out a couple of years ago, just these monsters arms, long, le- long uh, levers for arms, as well as just look like an athlete. Now this guy's 30 years old but he had six sacks last year for Chicago. Never had really done anything else before that. Um, I thought he was impressive. Some of the things I saw from him as well as those, those numbers aren't, aren't, uh, you know, kind of no joke. So I I felt like this was a decent roll of the dice. Again, you're talking uh, two years, 10 million, um, that just seems to be the going rate is like, you're not getting players from much under three, four 5 million these days, no matter who they are. Um, talk a little bit about Nick Williams. And then I want you also to combo meal it with the uh, bringing in the quarterback of Chase Daniel. This is a guy I think we've goofed on on the show before, but also a guy that in some ways is kind of that really prototypical Sean Hill type Dan Orlovsky backup, where he just knows he's a backup. He studies hard. He can, help you a little bit in a pinch even though he doesn't win many football games unless he's playing against our Detroit Lions but they give him a three-year deal at 33 years old but also the money is not much when you're talking about a quarterback so three years 13 I mean you get anybody that's above a Chase Daniels quality you're taking that number from 4 million bucks up to you know eight, nine, ten ish, you know, with what these guys make today. So I thought it was just a real cheap signing. A guy that if him and Stafford get along well and he can just sort of hold that clipboard and help him in the film room, I don't mind it. So didn't really mind either of these signings. Uh you know, the quarterback one makes me scratch my head a little bit.
1: Um yeah Nick Williams, I'll start with him. You mentioned what he's I think he's uh you said what he's thirty, he's uh, 6'4, six four, three hundred pounds. Um, just, you know, glance at those before. He had a decent year. I mean, he's a little bit of a journeyman, been on a couple other teams, but he did have his best season last year with the Bears, so um, I mean, you're taking somebody away from Chicago, you know, it's, that's not a bad thing, and if they're just looking for this guy to kind of be the space eater, all of that, what they wanted Snacks Harrison to be, you know, I, I'm good with that, you know, and we all know Detroit's, or the way the defense, Matt Pat, um, runs, he's not looking for the defensive tackle is going to an awful lot of pressure on the, uh, on the quarterback. You know, it's kind of like just push the, you know, push the center or guard back towards the quarterback collapse, collapse pocket that way. If you get a sack, great, you know, be the run defender, you know, you know, know your gap. So yeah. Like you said, the price, I, I don't have a problem with it. Like you mentioned, I have to totally agree with you on this. That's the standard. When I heard that, I'm just like, That's kind of what, like you said, it's what they're going for right now. So, um, you know, I like the signing. I believe they still have to do a little more work, though, obviously. Um, I I think they may, I don't want to say need a bigger name, but I think maybe somebody, uh, maybe a little more dominant. But um, I I don't know if this guy is going to be like, you know, one of those – guys that offensive coordinators really, really have to worry about. But I do like the signing. He he might be one of those under-the-radar guys who plays pretty decent. So um, you mentioned Chase Daniel. That's another one of the guys. It's just, you know, I I guess it feels. It comes down to, obviously, Matt Pat and Bob Quinn thought what the Lions had last year. Obviously, those quarterbacks weren't good enough to win any games, even though there was many injuries, you know, throughout the offense and the defense. Um, to win games, so you bring in a guy that's been around. You know, he's you know obviously he knows the league, knows what it takes to be uh, a backup, be prep, be thrown into the game at any point. He's that guy. So, you know, like you said, I you know I once again I have to agree with you on this, Derek. I, I know I know when our fans generally don't like that; they like when we butt heads. But um, that's one of those signings. You know, it's like okay, you know, if, if you're looking to go super cheap, then you're going to end up with another Jeff Driscoll. But you know his his contract I'm okay with,
0: oh man, everybody out there listening like I can't get to all these Grifka bells. I mean, between the, I agree with you's to the, you mentioned this before to the, I'm not quite for sure's to the obviously's to all the other Grifka gimmicks. I mean, the, the bell is, is, is hot today. I'm going to wear it out, but uh, I try to get to as many as I can for the people out there. Um, Grifka real quick on Nick Williams. I again, did some homework unlike <clears throat> yourself. And, uh, I watched a few interviews on him, uh, seemed like a great dude, hard worker leader, you know, natural leader. They said he came in Chicago, even with the one, year or so he was there and uh, just was a locker room leader really solid guy from the uh, couple interviews I watched and he blew up uh, the Lions just ran by uh, Frankie Ragnow on a play and made a sack so one of his highlights was against his new team and I will be comes in I I, th- I definitely still think they'll add to that position but um you, you know, I thought it was worth a roll of a dice and uh, they still got work to do. No doubt. Like none of this really blows me away. Again, I try to be a little more critical than I am at times on some of these because that's how I feel like I don't think they were slam dunk great moves, but I think they all kind of have their own upside as well as their own risk. So Grifka, let's do this. Let's take a break and we come back. I kind of want to dip our toe into kind of who the lions lost, who they cut and get your quick thoughts, but then also, um, talk to the uh, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers about a few people that I still got on my list that are still on my board and uh, get them pumped up about who we could maybe still add as well as talk to you a little bit about that so how about after the break we eat a little bit of this
1: cornbread sound like a plan yeah that'd be great
0: (laughs) alright everybody we'll be right back get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of Tom Brady a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Lots of good talk there from uh, me and Grifka back and forth about the guys that the Lions have signed. Grifka, I just want to get your quick thoughts on some of the people we lost. So, obviously, Rick Wagner is gone. He's uh, he's with your favorite quarterback now up there in Green Bay. We've got um, Glasgow went to Denver. Um, you know, some of the other fringe Lions players are, are kind of either still out there or just went uh, different places. A- any thoughts? You think any of these losses that we've had, you know, Devon Kennard being cut, you think these things are going to come back to haunt us, or do you think the Lions are, are sort of sneakily get trying to get better at spots? I mean, quick thoughts on the the subtractions, as w- in conjunction with who we talked about earlier, who they added.
1: Um, the Rick Wagner loss—you know how I felt about that. I'm okay with that, and I, I just and then, and Graham Glasgow—that one I think is going to might—I think that one might hurt us. A little more. He was really developing to something, you know, something good. You know, we always talked about how he wasn't that great. He wanted to get paid. You know, he was. You know, people were going to pay him top dollar. Maybe to get him, it's like you're going to develop a little more. And the lines weren't willing to do that. But based on what the lines have had in their interior offensive line, I think the Glasgow one may hurt us a little more than anything. Um, but still, I mean, I think we had both mentioned this on the last show. If we were the GM we weren't looking to pay him what he was gonna get on the open market. So, Graham, you know, it was nice to have you here. But um, you know, just I couldn't see paying you what you were looking for there as well. Um, Kennard, I don't I, I don't know if if he's gonna be one of those games where, you know, if he ends up on another team where the Lions end up playing him, he might be one of those guys that, you know, circles it type thing. You know, you always hear those stories looking to get at your old team, but uh he's you had mentioned he's he's not one of those linebackers that the offensive coordinators like you need to watch out for this guy every play you know let's face it um you know get the bell he's not Lawrence Taylor so you know he's he's a decent you know outside (laughs) linebacker and uh he obviously uh we we obviously didn't see him do a whole lot of coverage of tight ends so uh I I don't think that one's going to come back to, to bite us either um uh, I think the biggest move um, I, you missed that was we were talking about the guy. Um, once again, you know, uh, h- how do you forget the long snapper? That's that's you know, it's what I got to say. You know, it's just like <laughs> uh, how, how do you miss Don Muleback? That might be one of that might be one of the biggest uh, biggest signings. Lions did.
0: <laughs> the reason I don't bring up Don Mulebach, Griff because it's death taxes and Don Mulebach. Like it, it's not even a discussion point. You know, he's coming back. I mean, I I don't know what the Lions are going to do when they actually have to you know, find another long snapper. Cause it's been about two decades since they had to, I know Bob Quinn made the foolish choice of trying to, but y- you know, he's coming back. If he can get out on the football field, he'd be snapping probably for another couple of years here for the lions. If, if, uh, if he can. So I didn't think it was worth mentioning, but uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, the, the mule is back. Everybody knows that. L- let me, let me hit real quick on a couple of them. So, um, you know, Rick Wagner got like no money going up to the Packers. What, like two years, like, six eight million bucks in total somewhere in that range so it's like yeah if, if we could have got you for two years it's six million a pop or less i'm sure we would have considered keeping you but you know obviously we couldn't work that out so i i i don't think he's going to be a big issue i mean he'd have to play much better i think to kind of be a, a legit starter a couple people were actually asking me you know you think you'll go up to green bay and be a starter it's kind of like he'd have to play in no, the a lot better but he'd have to you know, you can kind of tell by the contract that he's a he's a depth body and a guy that has some upside but also is sort of just never played up to the potential everybody thinks he has at his size and kind of the mentality he has. Seems like the perfect look and set for an offensive lineman It's just not there. Graham Glasgow, for me, was always a guy that – You know, people just seem to fall in love with him. Like he was the Brandon Inge or the, I know we're not supposed to speak of that sport. or Some of these guys that people just, you know, the Red Wings, are always like, oh, Justin Abel. It's like, he's not that great of a hockey player, but we just like him because he's kind of that mid-level, no-nonsense guy. But like Graham Glasgow never blew anybody away off the ball. He wasn't making Pro Bowls left and right. He was never super dominant. He was just a nice third-round pick. And here's what you got to watch, Grifka. And this is why I hit you with that a couple weeks ago. that the lions played him every game for four years and paid him a total of $3 million and have now moved on instead of paying him $12 million per year, which I think is nearly what he got from Denver. So there's a really sneaky way in the NFL to, you know, first, second, third, even fourth, fifth round. If you can not only get those guys, but they can not only be on your roster, but play at a average above average, or even sometimes hopefully a superstar level, Great. You do that. And then when it comes time to pay him is when it's time to really decide, is this guy a blue chipper? Is this guy a difference maker? And if not, that's when you let them walk and you churn out another draft pick, you churn out another low end free agent that hopefully can do the similar things. And that's what I think Bob Quinn's doing. And people don't love it because they're just like, he's good. We have to keep him. Yeah. He was really good at whatever that is that works out to be like 700, 800 K per year. Now he's $12 million per year as a right guard. Like, the, the financials don't make sense. We have to move on at that point. We have to use our brains and say, like, at, at the bargain bin, it was awesome. Now, not so awesome. So, Bob Quinn's pretty shrewd in that way, and people don't like it because they just fall in love with players like yourself. Sometimes say, he's good. We have to keep him. Okay, well, there's a lot of other factors that go into it. So I'm not, you know, good luck to Grant Glasgow. Hope I'm glad he made some money. I'm glad he's a Michigan guy. But, you know, he wasn't a guy I was looking to spend big on or keep. And then, you know, Devon Kennard to me is, as much as I liked his leadership and stuff, he's a – He's a very functional, basic football player. Every sack that he got, those seven sacks per year, they always seemed like cleanups. They always seemed like things that, you know, most players could get. He never really wowed me. He had a little bit of hustle. You know, some of his sacks were kind of that second, third rush where he was able to get the quarterback on the ground, but nothing of that wowed me. So as much as I rooted for him and sometimes on this show, I said, Devon Kennard's turned into a really nice player as much as I knew that, yeah, if they see an upgrade or if they think they can get better, that they should do so. So that's my quick take on those guys. Um, Grifka, let's get into some of these names. So a couple of the names that I pulled off from my board. Again, it's pretty thin. A lot of the guys that I had circled, um, you know, have, have went to other teams already. So I just pulled three names. These are three names that I feel like we haven't addressed, you know, at a, at a high level. They may be good fits. There's There's plenty of other names you could bring up. Um, the first name I have here is the most expensive and I don't feel like they've done anything to do what we say, which is address the position opposite of Darius Slay, assuming he's going to be here. So yeah, you could be dead set on trying to trade down and get Jeff Okuda, but I think you still need to bring in a pretty good corner in case that doesn't work out or in case something else better pops in your brain as we head to the draft. So to me, Logan Ryan is kind of the corner. He made 10 million bucks on average, you know, his last couple years there with Tennessee, he's played with the Patriots before he's 29 years old. So if you could get him on a two, three year deal with the back end being cuttable, I think he'd be the corner. I'd, I'd somewhat like now that, You know, some of the other guys that went, I'm also not opposed to Chris Harris, but I've heard him talking about the chiefs and a few other teams. So I think he could be going somewhere else. Timmy Jernigan, defensive tackle uh, played in Philly. This guy I've always liked since the draft process. He uh, only makes 2 million on average, 27 years old. I just always feel like he's got, uh, he's got some things he could bring to the table. I don't know if he fits the Lions' scheme perfectly, but seemed like a guy that's still out there in the market that could help them in the defensive interior. And another guy I've always loved since the draft, 26 years old, kind of a strong hit, um, big hit in safety, Carl Joseph, uh, played with Oakland. This guy kind of came in the league with a lot of hype and then sort of disappeared but has sort of rebounded, I think, where he sort of found his groove and been able to play a little bit better. So if the Lions were looking for that Cam Chancellor, looking for that big safety that can hit, as well as Will Harrison, Tracy, that are a little more flexible, I, I thought those were three names I just kind of plucked off. Again, I'm not, I'm not digging for these, uh, you know, under underground gems that some of the draft nicks out there know, you know, more so just a couple names that jumped on my board that are still out there that may be options at positions of need. So any thoughts on those guys? or anybody you have in your brain that's like hey that might be somebody the lions could could still tackle and help their football team uh,
1: you mentioned logan ryan i like the logan ryan um if, if the lines like you said were able to get him for a decent deal um it's just another one of those things though one thing that worries me is this is would be are they just bringing the former patriots one oh because they know the uh they know the system, and but I think Logan Ryan, you know, like you said, he did pretty good at Tennessee, so um, that's one of those things that might be the six degrees of separation there. He's not coming right from New England, you know. We've seen other things, and that would be a guy that that I would like right there. Uh, defensive tackle, you mentioned a guy. I mean, was it everybody was kind of like looking? Oh, DJ Reader he, uh, was he signed with the Bengals? Right. So um, was I think a guy still out there? if i unless i missed it was um who was it like i kind of like don terry poe you know he's kind of one of those big space heater guys as well you know a little bit athletic for for a big guy as well that that would be a a guy i you know i I don't know maybe it's one of those names maybe i'm just the name guy don terry poe i always it just (laughs) kind of rolls off the tongue there but
0: who's your new favorite player in the nfl draft tell the people
1: it's got to be – was it Chin?
0: Mr. Chin. Jeremy Chin.
1: (laughs) Jeremy Chin, that's right.
0: (laughs) Because why?
1: Oh, because if he gets drafted by the Colts, we're going to have the Chin and Sin combo.
0: (laughs) Which I told you after the show, we already have the shirts ready for print, which is Rocky Chin. (laughs) (laughs) We know that's going to – But, I don't even have uh, Don Terry Poe anywhere on my board. This guy's like – I bet you if I pull up Don Terry Poe, he's like – 33 to 35 years old. I mean, he was good about six years ago. You want to talk about uh, Jamie Collins? Like, uh, you I'm know. not,
1: I'm not looking to give the guy big money or anything like that, but I mean, <laughs> the guy's just a big space eater, man. He'd be part of the rotation type there. Yeah, I, mean, I don't he know. Have to be more productive than what Snacks Harrison was, and then go sit in the locker room and cry and say, "I want to retire." And then he's walking out of the locker room. And it's like, "Oh, you want to be cut because you want to retire?" Oh no, I don't want that anymore. But go ahead and cut me. <laughs> okay, yeah.
0: well, Maybe, well played there. He's uh, not Harris. that bad. Twenty, twenty-nine. It says with £350 at three hundred and fifty pounds at six-three. I mean, he had his moments, but I think he's kind of. You know, it says with Carolina, I don't even know if he's a free agent or maybe I just didn't even put him on my list because it just seems like he fell off like four years ago. But the the other names, Griffka, that I didn't bring up to you, those were kind of like three targets I had on my little short board. The other names were.
1: That... And Sue. How, how do you not have Indomic and Sue on your board?
0: Grifka, don't, just, you make me, don't make me go on my Sue rant. I know you loved him. Like, you know what Come my on, thoughts man. were about him. But uh, yeah, that shift of sales.
1: And Kelvin Johnson, just imagine this team.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I didn't hear that. Griff The other names that people are going to be thinking about are the names that are out there. Um, you know, Michael Pierce is a really good football player. 27 years old from Baltimore only made 3 million on average. So if you bump him up to even double that, I could see him being the defensive tackle. That's actually my hope is that Michael Pierce will come in here again. I love Baltimore guys. They always seem like real good players. Shelby Harris out of Denver is a little bit older, 29, 30 years old. That was the name you heard about before free agency that oh he's going to come to the lions and be really good i i'm not a huge fan but you know based on all the people that have flown off the board i could see that and then a name i'm surprised that hasn't went yet because he seemed to start out really good in uh, new orleans this guy's only 26 years old he's sort of like that guard tackle as well but seemed to have really good years i don't know if he's falling off here in the near future but he's still out there on the market andres pete um you know Big old uh, big old guard for the uh, – I think he's, like, real tall for the uh, Saints and a guy that, again, loved him in the draft. Man, it was one of the guys I, I always thought would be a, a good player at the next level, and he's proved to be that, but he has not been scooped up by anybody. And uh, we still have that somewhat gaping hole. I mean, you just never know where, like, Ben Chual and some of these people are at. Like, maybe they have these huge plans that we have no idea about. But um, I, I feel like where the lines are with holes as we kind of close up the show is – they still need a little help at defensive tackle. I would still like to see the corner addressed, even if it's just a mid upper mid guy, but in case you get rid of slay, or if you know, you're, no, you're going to keep slay, just get a middle of the road guy so that we're not pigeonholed in the draft of only taking a CUDA or taking a corner in those first two rounds. If other positions present themselves, I could see another safety if they're willing to move on from Tavon. And then on the offense side of the ball, like, you know, I, I wouldn't mind a Devante Freeman. I know people are just dogging on this guy. Like he hasn't produced what I had to hear on the radio since 2016. It's like Devante Freeman, if he's healthy, and he doesn't have concussion issues is a little ball of thunder and can still run the ball, can catch it. You know, I, a couple years ago, I, I took him into fantasy and I watched him tight. You know, I was like, look at this guy. He runs with ferocity. Yeah. The injuries are an issue, but if he got cut the way he did, he's not going to look for huge money but I don't want them to bring in a big name. I don't think like Melvin or even take a running back in the first two rounds. So I feel like Devonta Freeman would be a guy you bring in and just be a piece of the puzzle or guy that could compete. And uh, the rest of the offense to me is is pretty much ready to roll unless you want to address the O-line a little bit more. So any other big wants and needs that you're thinking before we close up this episode?
1: Uh, you mentioned another quarterback in case, you know, it seems like a lot of the big names are going, all those articles were, you know, if one, if you didn't get that big name that you're shooting for, you know, then you're calling the lines to see if there are slays available. Um, one question for you mentioned, you know, a couple cornerbacks, obviously, what do you think about Brian Poole from the Jets?
0: Uh, not a not a fan i mean the jets have been just a tire fire in the words of matt dairy at cornerback position you know they brought in a lot of bums there that haven't worked out you know since darrell revis left they haven't been able to Uh, I don't know. There's this wise man, Grifka, uses this phrase. It's called, uh, you know, they haven't been able to cover coffee table. I don't know if you've heard that one before. I mean, it's uh...
1: never heard that one. That one's cool. I should start using that.
0: (laughs) Right. I mean, it always gets one of these. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, he's not a guy. There are some other corners, though. I mean, the, the corners actually have not flown off the market. I'm looking at my little side free agent board and there's probably, you know, six, eight, ten names on there that are still somewhat out there. It's just a matter of what what flavor ice cream they want. and You know, you, you kind of got to address it, especially if you're going to trade Slay. I feel like the Slay trade is sort of less and less likely the more he's sort of on the team. But there have been some crazy trades around the NFL. I'm sure we'll talk about that and a whole bunch of other things Friday. Grifka, I think we've talked about who the Lions brought in who they lost, who's still out there, gave the people a lot to think about. I mean, I know they always want to hear what the almighty Grifka has to say about the Detroit Lions, so you know what they want to hear at the end of the show. I mean, Grifka, you got anything else for the people? Uh, Nope. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to Detroit Kool-Aid Cast. We know it's been crazy. We know there's lots going on in the world as well as in the NFL. Uh, keep your ears. You know, I, I don't think the Lions are done. I think they got some other moves coming. But uh, we'll be covering all here on the Detroit Kool-Aid Cast and on Friday. because has got a whole bunch of things set up for me. We're going to have a great show, so check us out then Friday morning. Uh, thank you so much, everybody. Take care. Always remember to do this. Drink it in, man. And we'll catch you Friday right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Back to back, Start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.